0: Yo, 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 welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, comedy advice to fix your life. I'm your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by the one, the only, the solo, the uno, the former best friend in the whole wide world, current audio engineer, producer extraordinaire Mike is in the building. Go ahead and say hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Ooh. I don't know if you've made that joke before. I think you have, but it's been a while. You're in a good mood this week. Mike is in a good mood. Let's uh, just... Address that with a quick moment of silence. Okay, thank you, Mike. We also have our current best friend in the whole wide world standing in the corner on standby, if you will. Del, let the folks at home know you are real. I am definitely a real person in the room. Thank you very much, Del. You guys know me. You guys know me. You know me. My name's Chris. Show's called Chris to Chris. I currently occupy both Chris's in that title. You know, if I ever find another Chris that, uh, you know, can host the show with me, Uh, so be it, so be it, but in the meantime, I occupy both Chris's, I am Chris to Chris, the Alpha Chris and the Omega Chris, is that blasphemous, if I'm still saying I'm Chris, I don't know, if it's uh, blasphemous, uh, Mike, please edit out the blasphemy, you guys know me from this show, it's a podcast, new episodes every single Friday, every single Friday, you know, except when we don't do it, which is rare, But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Got got about a month off. I can't say that without smiling. Got about a month off as of Saturday. So, yeah, I'm I'm cheesing over here right now. I'm beaming. I'm beaming like the moon on a bright, sunny day. So, uh, yeah, this is a podcast. Every single uh, Friday, we do a new episode comedy show you can get it anywhere podcast or so for free we're on spotify i know you i know you kids like to use the spotify these days and we're trying to get eight billion people listening to the show we don't quite have eight billion people on planet earth yet but we'll get there we'll get there so uh, we want to get there as the uh, population gets there we want eight billion people listening to the show so if you could uh go ahead and subscribe follow us on spotify on itunes give us a nice Five star rating supposedly that helps quite a bit and we want your help we want your help I'm not going to be shy about begging it I ain't too proud to beg that's uh from the late great TLC I call them the late but only uh left eye is late where are we I think you know we're shoot uh three minutes into this show maybe we should get started with it we do have a great show for y'all this week uh, we are going to be talking about a splinter cell tv show on netflix we're also going to talk about army recruiters fake uh fake crowds during uh, baseball games and uh listener questions we got a lot of, we got a lot, lot of ground to cover but it's going to be fun okay it's going to be fun you guys see the uh the pentagon or a pentagon physicist pretty much acknowledge that uh, alien spaceships Have been to Earth. The New York Times, they did a whole piece on it. They talked about this astrophysicist. His name is uh, Eric W. Davis. You think when he introduces himself, he says, Hey, I'm Eric W. Davis. Is there another Eric Davis, like uh, another famous Eric Davis, that he's trying not to get himself confused with? I'm Eric W. Davis, not to be confused with Andrew C.K. Louis C.K. Oh, shoot. You know what? Uh, I digress. So this guy, Eric W. Davis, uh, astrophysicist, he worked for the Pentagon. He did some contract work for them, I believe. Uh, He said, uh, or the New York Times said, Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a defense department agency as recently as March about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Off-world vehicles not made on this earth. That's alien spaceships. That's pretty much it, right? Alien spaceships, alien submarines, alien uh, Subarus. But when they say off-world vehicles, they're talking alien spaceships, right? Some people were saying, ah, ah, this is just the government trying to distract us from this pandemic. They're trying to distract us from all this chaos that's going on. It's a re-election strategy. But I think they are wrong. Because the current president is a walking, talking, Looney Tunes character. You know? A subtle-ass quote about off-world vehicles is not going to be some big distraction in today's current climate. So... I'm just glad that we are starting to finally acknowledge that aliens exist. At least Eric W. Davis is ready to acknowledge that aliens exist. Or at least, you know, alien spacecraft. Maybe he's saying that uh, humans went to another planet or went to space and started making advanced spaceships. But I don't think he's saying that because that's just ridiculous. He's saying aliens are, are 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 exist. He's saying aliens are real. They're real. They are real. You guys remember that? Uh, I think we talked about it on the show that Raytheon uh, camera caught uh, footage of pretty much this. What he's talking about a UFO. They call they just let we'll just say UFO. We won't say alien, even though it's probably alien. Just caught uh, caught uh, a UFO traveling at a crazy ass speed. That it, it would travel at a crazy speed. And then uh, just stop on a dime in the air. Something that no, nothing that we're aware of can do. Nothing that we're aware of can do that, that, that we've created. But the aliens, the aliens can do it. So I don't think the aliens are gonna be showing their faces anytime soon just because we kind of refuse to officially acknowledge them. We just say, off world vehicles not made on this earth. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. Marvin the Martian. Say it three times, like uh, Beetlejuice or Candyman. If you say Marvin the Martian three times in the bathroom, looking at the mirror, Marvin the Martian will appear. I don't know. I don't know. This, this could be <sighs> this could be a new civil rights movement, uh, Alien alien civil rights. That might be why they don't want to show up, you know, because they see how we treat people here. And uh, maybe we have to get alien rights in, in, uh, in ink, in blood, before they're willing to show their faces. Like, Look, you gotta, you got to fix the way you treat people, your own people, before we're going to show our faces. However, you know, a, a race or a species that can create this kind of technology could probably just obliterate us. We're probably like pets to them. I don't know. I don't know. Talking out of my ass. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more alien news soon. It is uh, 2020, after all. The alien news might come to us in a Mars attacks kind of way. People are, are kind of expecting aliens at this point anyway, you know? It was uh, 2020 started off with a bang. Australia just burned up. There is no more Australia. Uh, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash along with all those other people including his daughter and you know children and and then uh, the pandemic, uh, murder hornets racial riots and protests and whew, it's been crazy so people are saying hey, aliens are next aliens are next I don't know, I'm no uh, alien expert, I just call it like I bullshit it, anyway uh, let's move on it's just the tin of the week i graduated in 2005 ad my my parents were at that time my parents were split up for like a few years and they were both pretty preoccupied with their new lives so when my high school counselor asked me what i plan to do after high school i said if i know bro i don't know i'll probably join the army that seems to be a thing to do right now. You know, that was four years after, uh, September 11th. So he's like, all right, look, I'm going to have an army recruiter talk to you. Let's make this happen. Dude had zero interest in actually trying to, like, guide me towards a college or anything like that. He's like, I don't care. My Like, you know, it was a, I think it was like 6,000 kids at least at that that school, so, uh, that's what I want to say about 6,000 kids so you know he's just running through the numbers how many kids like I'm in that middle section of the alphabet how many kids does this guy deal with every single day he's just like all right cool let's kill you <laughs> let's send you to let's send you to Iraq I don't know maybe he's getting uh, kickbacks from the uh, army recruiter who knows who knows so one day I'm in my last class of the day I was like 6th or 7th period. And somebody from the school's office calls in and tells the teacher that I, Chris, I am needed. He said, sir, are you Chris? And normally they say, hey, uh, is your name Chris? Is your name Chris to Chris? Is your name Mr. Up and Loaded? You say yes. And they say, thank you. You've been served. I was not sued. I did not get served a lawsuit. But uh, I did end up going to this... uh, Empty classroom. Whoever it was just guided me to this empty classroom. Just me and this one dude wearing camo was in that classroom. So he shakes my hand and he says, Hi, I'm Mr. Army Man. And it is okay for us to shake hands because the coronavirus won't happen for 15 years. That's what he said to me. So I sit down and he says, I heard that you were interested in joining the army. Now, remember, again, this was only 2005, which was just like 4 years after 9/11. The Iraq war was was just getting started as far as uh, Mr. Dick Cheney was concerned. He's like, "Yo, we're going to This is this is a permanent thing. This is this is nothing. This is nothing. This is uh this is uh the teething stage. I have a uh, baby Baby metaphors on the brain because I got a baby that's teething right now. So these guys, you know, the the war was just just getting started. So these guys were starting. Uh, they're 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 trying to recruit as many young guys like myself as possible. They're like, "Yo, you are a body, and you're not expensive. Let's let's uh let's recruit you." So I said to the recruiter, "I was I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. I, I want to be all that I can be. I want to be an army of one. I love." I love foreign oil, and the other thing to remember here is that, you know, there was like an army commercial every two minutes, every two minutes on every channel in 2005. You go to a commercial break, you were going to see an army recruitment commercial. If you went to the movie theaters, even, if you went to the movie theaters, you were going to see at least, at least one, maybe two army recruitment commercials those movie uh, the movie theater versions were usually more high end and uh, upscale and expensive man that was a time that was a time to be alive and their pitch was that the army had hundreds of different jobs available if you wanted to join that was important they said hey the army has all of these different jobs you can do so you know the recruiter says Here's our pamphlet. Look at all of the jobs you can do in the Army. And to be fair, you know, the pamphlet had the biggest bullet point list of jobs I had ever seen in ink. He says, hey, what would you be interested in doing on this pamphlet? And I remember looking through the pamphlet. You know, they had had multiple, quote unquote, jobs for Army band members. Like you could be the Army trumpet player, the Army drummer. Like, they get, you know, you go back home from Iraq or wherever you're stationed, say, hey, how's the Army? Well, you know, band practice is rough, but I think I'm really helping the country. That's an official job, or at least it was in 2005. Anyway, I'm looking through the pamphlet. I pick out like five or six different jobs. They had Army police, Army firefighters, Army band players, all sorts of different things, right? And I wrote, write it all down, slide it over to him. And he's looking at my list. And he says, well, you know, you, you can't really do that one. You can't really do that one. This one, that's not an option. Hey, I'm not even allowed to do this one. You can't do this. You can't do this. So every single job I picked out was not an option, according to this guy. It was a big fucking joke, Mike. Now, it was a big joke. I'm assuming, I, I mean... After this experience, I have to assume this. I'm assuming that this guy was just thinking, I would say, hey, coach, put me on the front lines. Put me on the front lines. I want to get the action right away. I got something to prove. So, you know, that meeting ended with a big fat, hey, I'll I'll think about it. And uh, after that, I would get a call from an Army recruiter uh, about every week, once or twice a week, for at least the next year or two. I remember my mom getting kind of irritated about how many times the Army recruiter was calling me. It wasn't always the same guy. You know, he just passed my number along and said, hey, this guy is interested. And when you do that, uh, the Army the army is persistent. So this week's tip is don't tell a shark that you're thinking about bleeding later. They might uh, take you up on that. Anyway, let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. So, by this point, you might have heard about Major League Baseball's plans to sell cardboard cutouts to sit in the stands during uh, Major League Baseball games, since nobody can actually physically go to the games. And my first thought when I heard this was, well, that's kind of lame, you know, but... I'm not surprised because they're not making any money on ticket sales this year. Who knows? They might not make any money on uh, ticket sales next year either. Who knows when this thing's going to end. So I was curious about how much it would cost you to get a cardboard cutout of yourself at a baseball game. But it's actually not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. Actually, that's kind of how it always has been. If you wanted to see the Raiders play the Chiefs last year... I remember that you could get tickets for like uh, 50, 50 to $70 if you watched them play in Kansas City. But, but if you wanted to watch the same teams play in Oakland, you had to fork out like $400 a ticket. At least that's how I remember it when I was cursing at my wife's laptop. Her laptop. Her laptop. Ticketmaster is an awful company. I I think we should uh, make that clear, unless uh, Ticketmaster wants to uh, sponsor this podcast. I've never heard a Ticketmaster promo, though, during a podcast, so I think we're safe. Uh, But Raycon, if you want to uh, support this podcast, please do. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's my uh, little ticket price uh, rant. Anyway, uh, every MLB team is different. I looked it up. Uh, For these uh, cardboard cutouts, if you wanted to have your face in the stands at a Dodgers game, it's $149 for the uh, field level slash logo seats. It's $300 for pavilion home run seats, which is, you know, the outfield. So if they hit a home run, the ball's going to focus right on your face. Giants, it's $100, $100 flat. N- non-specific about where you're going to be the Mets charge 86 dollars but the net proceeds go to their uh, charity the Mets P- Foundation free for season this is what I thought was funny it's free though for season ticket holders who renew their package for 2021 so it's not free you just paid for season tickets to uh, a bunch of games you can't go to you just uh, paid an outrageous amount for a cardboard cutout that may or may not be seen on TV. Brewers are cheap. They're 50 bucks. Braves are cheaper. They're 50 bucks or $25 again for season ticket holders. Isn't that great? Phillies, 25 bucks for season ticket holders. Who is keeping their season pass? I mean, it's probably non-refundable, right? It's probably the, their way of saying, you know what? We're telling everybody, everybody who paid for uh, season tickets this year, we're telling them, you. But uh, for you, it's just f you. A little more polite. A little more polite. But I'm talking to them out of my ass. I don't know. Maybe they are saying, "Hey, we're going to refund you." But if you don't want to, if you don't want a refund, we'll give you a discount on a cardboard cutout. I don't know. Uh, oh well. Actually, uh, to be fair to the Phillies, it's forty bucks for the general public, and. Uh, that money goes towards their uh, charity as well. But the thing about this is, you know, it's great that they're donating to charity and all that. But you're not getting credit for that, as far as I'm aware. You're not getting credit for that charity money. The Phillies are. You're, you're spending all this money, and the Phillies are getting all the glory. And everybody knows that charity is about getting glory. Glory. The Rays cost uh, 40 bucks for the season ticket holders, 60 bucks for everybody else. Nothing mentioned about charity. Astros, 100 bucks, no charity. Royals, 40 bucks. Rangers, 50 bucks. Mariners, dirt cheap, $30. I was going to say, you know, please uh, go see a Mariners game so they could charge more, but you can't. You can't go see a Mariners game. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, that is not what the story's about. I just thought you guys would like to know the ticket prices for every single team I could possibly come up with here. Uh or where I you know I got that information from some website that I uh what was it Newsday or The Verge, one of them. I think it's Newsday. newsday.com. I have I like to uh give credit where credits due because if any of these sons of bitches try stealing information or uh hot hot uh hot uh what's the word? You know, if if they try taking from us, our podcast, without crediting us, I would be angry. I would be angry. So I like to give uh, heaping praises to uh, newsday.com. Unless, of course, they're an awful, unreputable website, in which case I I renounce all praise. We're getting into the weeds here. Uh, Again, this is not what the story's about. Uh, Last week, Ben Stiller, I mean, uh, Devin sent us a link from Fox Sports, a tweet from Fox Sports. Apparently, they don't think that these cardboard cutouts are good enough for Fox Sports. They decided that we need to see actual moving people in the stands. And by actual people, I don't mean actual people because, uh, well, we'll get to that. They went full Uncanny Valley and added a bunch of digital people from the crowd of a Madden game to these uh major league baseball games. It's a bunch of fake people that are it's a bunch of fake people that are being rendered in this is real in the Unreal Engine in real time. And because it's, you know, it's in real time, they don't look as good as they would look if they were pre-rendered, you know? They'd be a little more Toy Story and less Madden if they were pre-rendered, but, you know, you got to you gotta be able to play with these people on the fly because the the actual game itself isn't pre rendered. You can fix a game but not that well so uh they're they're just they're just desperately trying to make you forget that these these uh these athletes are playing in an empty stadium like it's not empty. look at all these digital fans we've just added but they uh they make the stadium look extremely full. They make it look like every game is just sold out. And, you know, they'll, the crowd is like super in sync with each, each other. Like uh, not bye, 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 but more, hey, we're all going to do the same exact kind of thing. They all wear the same colors. They'll all do the wave together. They'll all boo or applaud together. But Fox said, uh, don't worry, don't worry. This is super realistic. I know it looks like an uncanny valley nightmare, but it's real. It's real. If it's a blowout game, you know, if one team is just destroying the other, we're going to start thinning out the virtual crowd. We're going to send some people home early, send some fake people home early so that you really get the, the feeling of depression and loss and heartbreak that a real game might have. And they said that they're going to get the uh, crowd sound effects from Sony's uh, video game franchise, MLB The Show, which, by the way, I don't think we talked about it, but uh, the MLB The Show games from Sony, they've been Sony produced and exclusive to the PlayStation for years and years and years now. But uh, they're now coming to the Switch and the Xbox, and I think that has to do with some kind of... uh, Uh, rights issue, because I'm sure Sony would not have willingly done that on their own. But it's happening. I do understand uh, why Fox is doing it. I get it. I get why they're putting in these fake people. But it's a lost cause, I think. I think it's a lost cause. I don't think you can win this. Because we're either going to see cardboard cutouts or polygons. You know, these actual players, that's the thing, the actual players are seeing none of it. I mean, I guess if you are playing the game, you, you could see the cardboard people. But does that really inspire you? Some silent, lifeless eyes just staring into the void? Or nothing? Or you're just looking at an empty seat that Fox is pretending is full? It's like they're just playing scrimmages all season long, you know? They're playing... Except, the thing is... You know, uh, during preseason and all that, people will actually pay to go see the preseason games. Not anymore. Not anymore. Speaking of uh, the preseason, like the scrimmages, my wife and I, we watched uh, some NBA scrimmages the other day. And the NBA strategy was to just hide 90% of the seats with just one big, like, tarp screen. Looks like a big projector screen with the logo on it. And I don't know if their plan is ultimately to pull some some cardboard Unreal Engine shenanigans, but what we saw did not feel like an NBA game. It felt it felt uh, like a scrimmage. It felt like practice. And I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe Major League Baseball has like a lockdown or a patent or a copyright trademark. I don't know uh, on having a fake crowd of some sort, but. What, what, what I saw did not inspire. Anyway, uh, that's, that's been your uh, video game news. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, hey, it looks like we got a voicemail. Hi, this is Anne with the Warranty Department. Our records show that your vehicle warranty has expired or is about to expire. This is your final courtesy call as you should have received mail. Press 1 to be connected to a warranty specialist. Warranties are mileage and time sensitive. They must be extended before your vehicle reaches certain mileage. Again, press 1 to be connected to a warranty specialist. Call rejected. Listen, I know I said that I wanted 8 billion people listening to this show but that does not mean it's an invitation for Toyota to use our podcast line to tell the whole world that my warranty is about to expire. I wish I had a chance to pick this call up. You know, every time a scammer calls me, I'm usually working. Old people are so lucky, you know? They're the only ones that have time to pick up these calls, and they're the only ones that really fall for this shit. Anyway, as always, if you guys would like to leave us a message, you can do so by calling us at 909-486-3673 or 909-GUN-DOPE, 909-GUN-DOPE. Call us, leave us a voicemail and, you know, we'll play it. Most likely we will play it. We're trying to get 8 billion people right now. We're trying to earn your favor before we act like we're big shots and think we're too good for you. So come on, get in while the getting's good, folks. Now's your chance to be a big shot. I think I said Big Shot already. You don't say Big Shot more than one time. It uh, makes you look like a a small ball player. Anyway, uh, you know, actually, before we move on, there's another piece of video game news that I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Ubisoft and Netflix are working together to put out an animated Splinter Cell TV show. They actually, uh, I guess they don't want to make any more Splinter Cell video games anymore, but they they will make a, a cartoon, Apparently for adults, I would assume so, because, you know, it's Splinter Cell. There's not a lot of early childhood rated Splinter Cell games. Hollywood Reporter is actually saying that it's an anime, like the Castlevania show on Netflix as well. Uh, Supposedly, they ordered two seasons. What I heard was uh, 16 episodes in total. It's being produced by the guy that wrote uh, John Wick. His name is Derek Kolstad. Kolstad? We'll say Colstad, and you know i I think this is a an interesting idea i I played and beat the first Splinter cell game i I think I beat the second one too. I think so. I have them all I think I think I have them all oh my gosh, I beat uh a few of them i I beat some of the later ones as well. but you know I have no interest in this show if they don't get the original voice actor, Mr. Michael Ironside to voice Mr. Sam Splinter Cell. That guy just has the perfect voice for it. Apparently he's like 70 though, cancer survivor. But uh, shoot, 70 is older than Herman Cain. You know, since we're gonna just prop up some recent relevant news, Herman Cain died. I think he was 64. Dude looked older than 64. Mike, can we see if Herman Cain was actually 64? Uh, go to google.com. Mike, I'm typing in Mike. Herman Cain age. Oh, 74. You know what? Uh, Michael Ironside is younger than Herman Cain. Okay, I, I was like looking at Herman Cain like, dude, he looks kind of old for 64. He was 74 years old. Died of uh, COVID-19. It's this uh, bug that's been going around. And, you know, people are shitting on him because they're like, well, you made a big deal about it. He, he was at the Tulsa rally for Trump. And he, he, you know, it's not a good look for him because he tweeted out, just made this big deal that people are tired of wearing masks. He's photographed all over not wearing masks and, uh, he's at this rally. He gets COVID-19, dies 30 days later. So, you know, whew, that's rough. Uh, rest in peace though. It's gotta be hard for family, friends, and, uh, you know, it's a tough lesson for everybody to learn. It, it kind of sucks to, uh, cause he, you know, Herman Cain's a high profile guy. If you guys don't remember, I'm saying he's high profile, but if you don't remember him, he ran for president in 2012, 2012, before Romney became the Republican candidate. Herman Cain was trying to be, and you know, he did, he did decent in the beginning and he kind of just kind of kept his name out ever since. He's famous for quoting the uh, Pokemon movie. I think he quoted Pokemon 2000 quite a bit before he learned that his quote was from the Pokemon movie. But uh, yeah, uh, there's your Herman Kane slash Splinter Cell news. Uh, we'll be back with more Herman Kane Splinter Cell news next week, hopefully. Uh, speaking of news, let's move on to it. <laughs> So a few months ago, AMC said that they would no longer play movies from Universal Pictures after Universal betrayed AMC by releasing Trolls World Tour straight to Video On Demand. Well, officially they released it to theaters and Video On Demand at the same time, but this was during a time that no theaters were really open, you know, like now. And so when they betrayed them, AMC said, Go to hell, Universal. We don't want your Jurassic World 3. We don't want your Halloween sequels. Or Candyman. Or Fast and Furious 9. Or your Mario movie. But it turns out, they do need Mr. Universal. Because AMC just struck a deal with uh, Universal Pictures. Like, I said they would. I called this. I'm, I, I didn't re-listen to the episode, but my brain is fairly certain that I made pompous claims that AMC and Universal would strike some kind of deal. And it sounds like AMC is totally getting shafted here, at least to me. That's what it sounds like. According to uh, Variety, AMC and Universal signed a multi-year deal that shortens the amount of time required before a studio can start renting out a movie on demand. It used to be 75 to 90 days, something like that. It's no longer 90 days. It's now 17 days, like just under two and a half weeks, right? So Universal just has to let AMC play their movies in their empty theaters for a couple weeks, and then they can actually really release the movie on demand for a $20 rental. Part of the deal stipulates that they cannot put it up for sale for three months. You can only rent it. And the reason for that is because apparently AMC is getting somewhat of a cut from the rental profits. I can't imagine it's much, though. I can't imagine it's much because, you know, the other theater chains, the bigger ones, Regal, Cineplex, Cinemark. They're going to they're gonna be trying to get the same kind of deal now, now that AMC's in on it. They don't want to get left behind. But the very small theaters, they're going to get screwed, most likely. So, But again, I don't think it'll be much. I think they're getting scraps. I think A- I think Universal is definitely getting the better deal out of this. And I think the reason for that is because at this point, AMC needs Universal more than Universal needs AMC. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Universal would love to keep their movies in theaters for months and months and months and months at a time. Years if they could, you know. They'd love to go Titanic, Avatar style. They'd love for every movie to be like uh, a James Cameron movie or an endgame kind of situation where it's just in theaters forever. I'm sure, you know, Universal would love that. They would love that. Because uh, movie theaters are where movies used to make all the money. I mean, most of the money. As of like up to March, up to, we'll say even February, early March. That used to be the case from uh, history, from the beginning of uh, cinema, all the way to this last March. No mas, no more. I think the, uh, I think the theater industry is, is royally screwed right now. I think the writing's on the wall, but uh, you know, Warner Brothers is illiterate. They can't read that writing. They just said that they're tired of delaying uh, Christopher Nolan's movie, Tenet. So they're just going to release it in theaters internationally before it comes to America. They said, look, look, we have a lot of money we want to make, and we're not making it every time we we put out a new trailer. We have to keep coming up with new trailers for Tenet just so we can put a new release date on it. We don't like to do that anymore. So we're going to put it out in the United Kingdom and... China and Japan, anywhere that'll play it, except America, because America can't get their shit together. We're going to play it all around the world. And, you know, America will pirate it, just like we intended them to. So, you know, it's coming out everywhere else before it comes to America. Who knows when the hell that's going to be a viable option. Winter theater is really going to be open, open and thriving in America again. I don't know. I, I think most of these big budget blockbusters that have already been produced or already, like, you know, really in production, they're probably not going to make their money back or or not nearly as much as they would have made if none of this had happened, right? If it wasn't for COVID, Tenet would have been a huge movie this year. Would have been a huge movie. It was my most anticipated movie of the year. I'm not going to see it in theaters this year. Even if it was an option for Americans, most of them won't take it. And it's uh, let's get into this. You know, if if theaters all around the world opened up right this second, these uh these uh distributors, these production companies, Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, they'd still be screwed. They would still be screwed because most of them are only allowed a limited capacity. I think it's like. About thirty percent, thirty percent in theaters, thirty uh, percent capacity in theaters in California. At least we'll say that. I'll talk about my own state. California is saying about thirty percent from what I last heard. So you know already they cannot sell as many tickets as they used to. If you think about, if you've ever gone to a movie on opening night, the uh, seats could be full. You know, go to a Star Wars movie, Harry Potter movie back in the day, whatever. The it'd be every single seat has somebody next to it. Now, you know, it's a more pleasurable uh, viewing experience because it's only 30% capacity, but you're already assuming, you know, we're already assuming that we're going to get a 30% sellout. We're going to get every every seat available sold out, which, you know, people are starved to do something normal, so it might happen. But, you know, a lot of those people already are going to be, like, paranoid. I know, if I was in that theater... A fully sold out theater, even with 30% capacity, I would be just thinking the whole time, waiting to hear a cough, waiting to hear a sneeze. I'd just be thinking, you know, don't take deep breaths. And you're supposed to be wearing your mask, but you know, a lot of these fools ain't going to be wearing their mask. They're just going to pull that shit down as soon as possible. It's the dark. Who cares? Who's checking me? Who's checking me? So because of all that, I think we're going to start to see a lot of movies come out with lower budgets than we used to, which is weird, you know? Historically speaking, budgets go up, especially for blockbuster movies. But I think this is going to change that, you know. Like I said, we're still going to get the movies that have already, the ones that are already in ink, maybe already filmed, already in production. We'll still get those, you know. Uh, Ghostbusters, Fast and Furious 9, Batman, Godzilla vs. Kong. Those movies were either already in production or they're almost done. But after that, I think we're going to see a lot more smaller films you know, Netflix, things like Netflix and uh, Hulu and Amazon, like there are originals, especially Netflix. Netflix is known now for originals that kind of brought back the mid-budget movie because it had kind of died. Uh, blockbusters in, in America, American blockbusters, have pretty much become superhero and Star Wars movies, largely speaking. It's all about sequels. But uh, this might change movie making forever. Again, with uh, no sex scenes or close-up fight scenes for the foreseeable future. That's my prediction. Speaking of good news, my bathroom sink got clogged and a ton of water just leaked all over the bottom of it. Like, it soaked the mat in front of it. I was super thrilled. I tried to unclog it, you know, with a, a plastic uh, snake but it only helped a little bit. And I had noticed that at the bottom, a previous maintenance guy used glue to fix the problem before. You know, there's a pandemic, so my wife and I don't want any people in our place right now. We asked our son. He said, yeah, I agree with you. We don't need any, any strangers in here right now. COVID's serious. So I went to Lowe's and I bought some waterproof glue. And, uh, you know, I glued it all up, and it worked for about two seconds before it started leaking again. The uh, the bottom of the sink just kept flooding, flooding and flooding and flooding. So I unclogged it the second time, and I'm pretty sure I fixed it. The uh, The old proverb is real. If at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and try again. Dust yourself off and try again, try again. So uh, this week's bonus tip of the week is to never live in an apartment during a pandemic. You might be screwed. Hey, Del, what time is it? Chris to Chris presents Listen Question Time. Thank you, Del. Our first question comes from Ken. Ken asks, what GIF describes your life? Please explain without using proper nouns. First of all, Ken, I just want to point out that describing a GIF is excellent material for an audio only podcast. So thank you very much for this question. Uh so if I had to generalize it down to one gif, I would say that it's the one where the yellow guy from that cartoon show, uh the you know, the guy with the, the pointy afro. He's voiced by a he's voiced by the psychologist from that bar show and then he got his own spin-off show. You guys follow me here? He has a bit of an accent, he played the blue guy in that superhero uh, uh, movie. Superhero movie where the title starts with a letter near the end of the alphabet. I think we're really starting off on a good foot for our first question. Anyway, it's the gif where this guy, this yellow guy with the afro, is constantly getting slammed in the face by rake handles. I think that would uh, succinctly sum up my life at uh, certain points. Mike, let's put that GIF on our website so people know what we're talking about. Roosevelt asks, if you could bring back one store slash chain slash franchise from the 90s or earlier that went out of business, what would it be? This is an excellent question, Roosevelt, because uh, there's a lot of choices here. At first, I was thinking, you know, uh, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or really any video rental store. When I was young, we went to a place called uh, Videotron. We would go there like every Friday. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful time to be alive in the 90s. You know, by extension, 80s. I was born in the 80s, so caught a a bit of that too. So I I was thinking about one of those places. But then I remembered, I'm a dad now. It would be awesome if I could take my son to Discovery Zone where I could cut loose and be on my own. You guys remember Discovery Zone, right? Running swing here? I don't think so. <laughs> Climb and slide here? I don't think so. Then where? I'm going D.C. at Discovery Zone, where I can cut loose and be on my own. is made just for me, A place where I can really cut loose. It's all here. Jump. I don't think so. so that's the commercial that I think about any time I remember Discovery Zone. It was pretty much like one big ninja warrior playground for children. You know, they had plastic tubes to crawl through, ropes to climb, pyramids, nets, whole nine yards. It was where you took kids to wear themselves out for a couple hours. They so could just get some peace some fucking peace. And, you know, anytime I went there, it was usually for some other kid's birthday party. And I'd be so excited, like, oh, we're going to Discovery Zone? I love that place. I loved it. You know, they went out of business 18 years ago, man. The uh, Discovery Zone bankruptcy is old enough to vote. No longer old enough to smoke, though. But if you think about it, If they had lasted all the way to this point, they'd be completely screwed right now during uh, COVID like Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese is now pretending they're a pizza company that sells only awful pizza and wings. Pasquale's. But yeah, Roosevelt, I think I'd bring back uh, DZ, Discovery Zone. But I will add a, if I were to bring it back, I would add a, a full Ninja Warrior section for an adult like myself, you know? It's been too long since I really physically hurt myself. Thanks for the question, Roosevelt. Yilly asks, how do you wash a mouse pad? Yilly, I'm guessing that you are in possession of a dirty mouse pad. And, you know, I don't blame you for asking this question. Dirt just sticks to these things because of the rubber at the bottom. It's designed designed to be a filthy mess. That rubber is technically there to uh, prevent it from moving. But I'm sliding my mouse pad right now. Very little effort. I'm just kind of moving my hand a little bit. And the mouse pad is sliding all over. And it's got this rubber. It's got this rubber. And the reason it's sliding is because it's caked in dirt and dust. Which is the same thing. You know, it's all dead skin. You know, a, a mouse pad is kind of like a cast iron skillet. You're not supposed to actually wash it. Because if you clean it, it loses all of its flavor. That said... Sometimes you drop your skill in the toilet, which means you just have to wash it. What I'm trying to say is that you should try putting your mouse pad in the toilet and flushing it a couple times. I think that'll uh, fix your problem. Thank you for the question, Yuli. Ken asks, what are your predictions for Stranger Things 4? Well, uh, without spoiling things, uh, Ken, Season 3 came out over a year now. I think it came out on July 4th, but uh, there were two years between season two and three. So I'm thinking that's what's going to happen again. I'm thinking we're going to get at least two years between uh, three and four. So at this point, I'm pretty much expecting the kids to all have five o'clock shadows by season five. I think they will just, I think they'll have kids of their own kids of their own that were old enough to star in season one. And I, I don't want to predict too much because I don't know how many of our potential 8 billion listeners haven't listened to the show. So again, I'm not going to try to spoil it. I will just say this. I'm pretty sure that the last guy to play Hellboy is going to be in it somehow. He's a popular guy. Did you guys actually see that Hellboy reboot? I w- I was actually kind of excited for it when they said it was going to be rated R, but apparently it's just like a total, total turd of a movie. And I think he even, uh, the, what's his name? Uh, Hellboy, his name is, uh, fuck. the guy, the guy, you know, he plays the sheriff and sheriff, sheriff Hellboy of Stranger Things uh, fame. I think he even admitted, yeah, it wasn't a good movie. I don't know. Uh, they, they should have just let Guillermo del Toro make Hellboy three with, uh, Ron Perlman because both of them wanted to make it for like 10 years. And whatever studio is in charge of that. Just didn't want it. They said, nah, we're going we're gonna to lose money instead. Thanks for the question. Uh, Devin asks, what is the most expensive glasses that look like Oakley's you have ever bought? That is a very specific question, Devin, that I have a very specific answer to. Thank you for it. So when I was in eighth grade in the year of our Lord, what was this, 2000? I think this was the year 2000. Can't remember. I'm gonna say 2001 because you care. First half of 2001, eighth grade. We go to a Washington D.C. field trip for a week. It's wonderful. And in Washington D.C., they have all kinds of sights and sounds. You know, pentagons, spacecraft not made of this earth, all kinds of things. But they also have uh, bootleg vendors. Counterfeit guys, you know, just hustling, trying to make a living. And all throughout Washington, D.C., there was this industry of guys selling uh, bootleg Oakley sunglasses. It's kind of like uh, in Resident Evil 4. You know, Resident Evil 4, there's the merchant. He's like, hey, stranger. Uh, what, he would say that kind of thing all the time. You, you were always stranger, but the merchant always looked the same. What can I, he said, what are you buying? And uh, that was that guy. He was all around Washington, D.C., and he was always selling the same thing, which was bootleg Oakley's, 10 bucks a pop. And we had a, 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 I was going to say a co-worker, but more of a co-student because we were in eighth grade. His name was Charlie, and I think he was from Texas. I don't know if we're allowed to say that without getting uh, in trouble. Uh, you know, what uh, Mike, edit that to say uh, another name from another place. That's not how editing works. Just, just figure it out, buddy. So this guy Charlie, he any any time we ran into that Resident Evil Four merchant, he's like, yo, hook me up with like four Oakleys, and they were ten bucks a pop. Didn't care. He didn't care. He's like, he 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 did the most. I don't want to diss the guy because he was a nice guy, but. This most country bumpkin, even though it was Texas, Texas is a big state. It just acted so, so like, I'll pay whatever you're asking, buddy. And by the time that trip was over, he was so proud of his fake Oakleys. By the time that trip was over, this guy literally had just like 10 pairs of sunglasses sitting on his head at the same time. That's what was going on. And, you know, we were all young, dumb. And uh, full of eighth grade at that point. So we were like, hey, we, everybody wanted one, at least one, myself included. At like the, the fourth Resident Evil 4 merchant, I said, hey, hey, I would like a pair of Oakleys. He said, how much? He said, 10 bucks. And uh, my dad actually accompanied us on that trip. He was one of the uh, chaperones. He said, like, don't pay 10 bucks for that. You're not paying 10 bucks for that. And I remember getting upset. I'm like, what? I really want these Oakleys. And, you know, the merchant, the Resident Evil 4 merchant, he just said, Listen, stranger, let's do five. So I paid him five bucks. I I spent half as much as Charlie. Actually, no, Charlie probably spent shit. (laughs) At least 200 bucks on fake Oakleys. So, um, yeah, you know, I got him for five bucks. I wore him for a while. But uh, thanks for the question, Devin. A real, real walk down memory lane there. Ken asks, have you ever drank too much Tabasco sauce? Ken, I don't think so. I don't think I have because I, I I love me some spicy food, but I have definitely suffered for it. But it's also been worth it almost every time. Almost every time. You ever just been like sitting there with the the spicy food heartburn? You're just like, I can't talk right now. Like somebody's, having, somebody's talking to you, but you're like, I can't reply to you. I, I need to stand up and just kind of, Slowly breathe. I don't know if drinking water is a good idea or if it's just raising the acid in my chest. But uh, the one time I remember really suffering from heartburn was about six or seven years ago. It was so bad that I just woke up in the middle of the night. Like I had lost my ability to breathe. And my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, said, Hey, welcome to my world. She loves spicy food too, but uh, thanks for the question, Ken. Yilly asks, what time is the time? Yilly, now is the time. It's now o'clock. Seize the day. Yo, lo. I'm recording this episode at 9.53 p.m. this week, which I'm assuming you're asking me what time I'm recording this episode. You know, last week I had Thursday night off. And Thursday, for that matter. So I was able to record it earlier. And the week before that, I had the whole week off. So I was able to record it earlier. You are listening to a Chris that has gone to work and is going to work tomorrow. But you're also listening to a Chris who's not going to work for the next four weeks afterwards. So excited about that. So excited. So it's now o'clock, Yilly. Seize the day. Seize the podcast. Thank you for the questions. Really appreciate it. Ken asks, Which end of the world event are you most prepared for? Ken, this is a great question because it made me realize that uh, in this apartment, we ain't got shit. We got too much, but we ain't got shit for the end of the world. And you know, that's not an invitation for some fanatical listener to try to kill us because by the time this show gets to 8 billion people, we're going to be strapped to hell and back. Okay. But we don't got much right now. I did buy us, like, a big water dispenser when COVID-19 was officially labeled as a pandemic. But I don't think that that's really enough for the end of the world. A couple gallons of water. Not so so sure about that. Like I said, I don't have any guns at the moment, but that will probably change. According to the videos on the internet, some of you guys are just batshit crazy. And, you know, once we own them guns... I think we'll be ready for a zombie apocalypse. Or at the very least, you know, some kind of Book of Eli situation. Mike, can you read Braille? Oh, uh, spoilers. Shoot. Uh, cut that out, Mike. Devin asks, have you ever jumped off a high dive? As a matter of fact, I have, Devin. I remember back in the day, this was, this was the 1990s. Uh, during the summers, some of the summers, my mother would uh, take my brother and I meet my brother and me you guys remember my brother and me you guys probably don't remember that show but it was a Nickelodeon show starring my brother and me so uh back in the 90s my mom took us to a public pool you know something like you might see in an episode of hey Arnold and At this public pool, there was just, you know, tons of kids and even adults just swimming around, smelled like sunscreen and piss. And it was a, it was a fairly large pool, but it was so full that you wouldn't know it, but they had two diving boards. They had the, uh, it was officially labeled like there was a little sign on it, the pussy diving board and the, uh, the no, the no pussy diving board. And in retrospect, you know what, let's not go down that road. There was a, a a regular diving board and a high dive. We'll say that. Edit everything I just said before that out, Mike, please. So, there was a high dive, you know. And when you're you're young and dumb like me, you start with the uh the the regular the regular diving board. I'm losing my my brain. Please help me find it. Uh, I I started with the regular diving board, you know. Uh, warmed up. That's the warm up board. That's the the first couple of shots. So I did that a few times and then, uh, yeah, I ended up working my way up to the high dive and I would do that a couple of times. It was a 12 foot deep pool at that end of the pool. I remember because the fun part about diving on the high dive was that you would try to reach the bottom of the pool once you did it. And you know, you could try to do flips and whatnot. I don't remember if I, I did all that. I don't think I was a pro-Olympic diver like I am today back then. But, you know, I was just a child, so I don't blame myself. But thank you for that question, Devin. uh, I I, I don't know how public pools are doing these days or if they're even going to be a thing in the future. So many things are just going to disappear and die. Thank you for the uh, depression. Appreciate it. Uh, Ken asks, if you could visit only one city in Romania, which would you visit? Ken, I want to visit whichever city is uh, starring in Resident Evil Village or uh, Resident Evil 8. It's coming out for the next-gen PlayStation and Xbox. Supposedly, that game takes place in Romania. I'm currently slowly playing through Resident Evil 7 on PC. And, you know, I'll give them credit. Uh, This is the first Resident Evil game that I've played where it's at least kind of scary. Last few... Not so much. Creepy, sure. Scary, not so much. Resident Evil 7, they kick it up. They kick it up. I do need to get back to it, though. I've been distracted by The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. And uh, Superhot. Mind Control Delete. Those, th- those are the games I've been playing recently. So I'll get back to it eventually. But uh, little man, he's slowly getting older. I think in a few months, my wife and I might be able to finally watch shows without uh, closed captions on. You watch it too loud, little man cranks his head towards the TV. We're trying to avoid him watching too much TV, or any TV, really. But he, he's, he's attracted to flashing lights like his dad. Thanks for the question, Ken. Ken asks our last question. Ken says, how many times a day do you think someone is thinking about you? And what are they thinking? Well, it depends on the day. You know, If I'm working, I know that people are thinking about me all the time because they message me on Microsoft Teams to tell me just how much they are thinking about me and that they need me to help them with something and to fix this and do that. I need a favor, all this. I know people are thinking about me, but if it's not a work day, people are thinking about me fairly too often as well because they're thinking, I wanna see that baby. I should text his dad. It's like so blatant at this point that you don't care about seeing me at all. All you guys just want to see my my kin, my seed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly, I, I occupy a lot of people's heads rent-free, but it's usually for a favor or to see my son. Thanks for the question, Ken. As always, uh, th- actually, thank you, everybody, for those questions. They've been wonderful questions, very good questions. If you guys would like to ask us a question, please do so. You can do so on our website, up and loaded.com, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D, in our comment section. Or you can ask us a question on our Facebook or Twitter or even our Instant Graham Cracker. All of those are up and loaded at Up and loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. Follow us. Like us. All that good stuff. We're uh we're, we're we're making more use of these social medias than we used to. We're trying to uh really really only internet i'm I'm running out of brain i'm running out of brain and uh we've gone long this week it's been a hell of an episode uh last week we asked on our twitter uh we had a poll we said which new console are you most excited for none of you guys said the switch 2 because we didn't put that as an option but also none of you said the xbox series x which was surprising is a, a blowout for the playstation 5 so congratulations to Sony and the PlayStation 5. If our poll results are to believe, be believed, you are going to really crush it amongst our 8 billion person audience. And we're going to try something new. I think uh, this week we're not going to do a poll. I think we'll do something different on social media. You're going to have to follow us. I think it'll be on our Facebook. Maybe our Twitter too. We might do both. Maybe even our instant graham cracker. So uh, don't forget to subscribe to this show. Anywhere podcasts are sold for free. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to get your podcast. And, you know, if you're not ready to commit to uh, something that can track you, you can go to our website, download it there, play it, stream it, whatever, upandloaded.com. Podcast is there. It's waiting to be listened to. You can listen to it with your friends. You can listen to it in the car. You can listen to it on a boat, in a moat, with your green eggs and ham. The point is you just need to listen to it. Do it while you're vacuuming. Do it while you're, you're uh, washing the dishes. Do it while you're driving. Something. Just listen. Make your your family listen. If your mom hasn't liked this page yet, you know what to do. Wink, wink, wink. Anyway, guys, uh, you've been wonderful. This has been episode 92 of Chris to Chris. Hey, do me a favor. And don't just enjoy your weekend. But enjoy your next four weeks. Or else.